0: and welcome to a special episode of Morgan's Pop Talks. Today, this episode of MPT is brought to you by lies, scandals, cheating. Cheaters are us. We're entering the store. So just brace yourself because it's all we're going to talk about today. Not us. Like we're not the cheaters are us, but like these dudes out here wilding in the streets, we're going to discuss whether it's a pop star, a D list reality star, or the winner of the bachelorette pick your poison. But so happy that you guys decided to join me today of all days, because I told you last week, this was a special episode It's near and dear to my heart Today is my one year anniversary of the podcast. It's officially been one year since I released my first episode. Can you believe? Oh my gosh. It's so amazing. Let me tell you that this podcast is one of my favorite parts about life. I just love Connecting with you guys. I love talking about literally stupid stuff that just gets our mind off of the chaos that goes on in our world, whether it's with work or relationships or the kids. Look, I get it. Sometimes you just need a break from it all. And that's what I really try to do here at MPT. And I feel like I love you like a sis. I say it for a reason, people. So thank you for being on this journey with me. Can you tell I watched a three hour episode of The Bachelor at last night? I'm talking like I'm, I'm also a little bit under the weather. I don't know if you can tell that, but um, a little nasally. I got my vitamin C here, the emergency. So if I sneeze or if I got a little sniffle, don't, don't mind me. It's not Rona. So we're good to go. Okay. Let's jump right into this week's pop three. Adam Levine cheats on his wife with an Instagram model. I'm just going to rip off the Band-Aid because I've re-taped this like 10 times now. Essentially, I was having an affair with a man who's married to a Victoria Secret model. I can recite Sumner Stowe's video word for word. That's how many times I've seen it on my Instagram for you page. I mean, this thing must have got stitched 10 million times. I can't can recite it as a monologue, as I just did for you. So in case you've been living under a rock the past couple of days, this Instagram model, Sumner Stroh, came out and said, I had an affair with Adam Levine. Here are the receipts. Here's the DMs that he has been sending me. And I'm sharing this now because he asked to name his newborn child after me. And one of my friends is going to sell the story to the tabloid. I'll get into my thoughts about the whole thing in a second, but I'm just going to lay out the timeline of it all. So the next day, Adam Levine gets on an Instagram story, which is an interesting choice, by the way, not a grid post, an Instagram story that will disappear forever in 24 hours. And this is going to be, here it is. Here we are reading the Instagram post. We got to do one, a pod. So let's go. He says, a lot is being said about me right now, and I want to clear the air. I used poor judgment in speaking with anyone other than my wife in any kind of flirtatious manner. I did not have an affair. Nevertheless, I crossed the line during a regrettable period in my life. He then adds, certain instances, it became inappropriate. And he says that he's addressed that and taken proactive steps to remedy this with my family, which obviously includes his pregnant wife, Bahati Prinzu, and their two daughters. He wraps it up by saying, my wife and my family is all I care about in this world. To be this naive and stupid enough to risk, the only thing that truly matters to me was the greatest mistake I could ever make. I will never make it again. I take full responsibility. We will get through it and we will get through it together. Whew long one. Okay. So Sumner then does a follow-up video saying that she was under the impression that Adam Levine's marriage was over. And she said, I believe they were, I believed they were keeping their split quiet to avoid negative press. In retrospect, I wish I would have questioned things more. I wish I wasn't so naive, but being naive is not an excuse for what I did. And the role that I played in this, excuse me, I had a little bit of a Hiccup. Um, She also says she immediately added things when she realized it's true. She didn't know because she was new to L.A. Duh. She was also three months younger than she is right now. So she's grown a lot since then. Okay. She was young and she was new to L.A. What do you expect from this woman? Honestly, she did go on to apologize to Bahati, saying, I'm not the one getting hurt in this. It's Bahati and her children. So Bahati and Adam were seen together on Tuesday, picking up the kids from school, all smiles. But according to page six, is very upset by the rumors, but that she's 100% committed to her family and added that Adam is very understanding about her feelings. He is trying to make Things better, and he never wants a divorce. Now it's just continue, the mess is just continuing because more Instagram models are coming forward. It's just a whole mess. I don't know about you, but for the past four days, you know what song I've had stuck in my head? I am in misery. There ain't nobody who can comfort me. Oh, yeah. I could have done it better but I have a stuffy nose so just, you know, give me some grace here. My question about the whole situation is the reason that she put out the video. She says, "Okay, my friend was going to sell it to a tabloid." How is how is that any different or any worse than putting it on TikTok that now has like over 15 million views. You know what I mean? In my opinion, actually, it's worse to do it on TikTok because Bahati, the pregnant wife, is finding out with the rest of the world. If you're going through a tabloid, they, all, they have to verify the story. So not only are they going to reach out to Sumner, get her side of the story, they're also going to reach out to Adam Levine's people and say, look, this is coming out. Got anything to say? Adam. And then Adam could at least go to his wife and be like, look, this is coming out. You need to know. So I just, I don't understand that decision making. Um, And also like, let's just not pretend that anyone wouldn't freak out if Adam Levine was in their DMs. Like if Adam Levine was in my DMs, I, I, I think I would like, combust. I don't know what I would do. My brain probably could not comprehend that such a well-known celebrity was in my DMs. Now, I love my fiance, so I would never engage in anything like that with him because, like, my life, you know, revolves around mine and David's love story because it's the cutest little button. But for a single, young, new-to-L.A. woman it might be a little more difficult, you know, to say to Adam Levine, please don't message me. Adam Levine. And I mean she was 2 weeks younger than she is today. So she she just had a lot of growing up to do. Also in her in in the way that she presents it, like I was manipulated, I was exploited. All you had to do, Sumner, was say, I was persuaded by celebrity Power, money, fame, duh. He's Adam Levine. I'm a 23-year-old Instagram model. But looking back, it was the wrong thing to do. Instead, she's like, I was manipulated into thinking that this man was going to leave his wife for me. I there is a realm of possibility that Adam Levine was sliding into this girl's DMs and saying things like, oh, you know, Hollywood relationships. They're never like they seem. And and this is PR and we got to put on a brave face. But like. I just, my head is just spinning. I don't know if it's the day quill. It's probably a little bit of both, but something interesting I found in 2009, Adam did an interview with Cosmo and he said. Quote, instinctively, monogamy is not... I can't even say it. That's how messed up on Day Dayquil I am right now, he says. Instinctively, monogamy is not in our genetic makeup. Mm. People cheat. I've cheated. And you know what? There's nothing worse than the feeling of doing it. Hmm. Interesting. So they're both to blame. Obviously, Adam... His sole responsibility in this situation is to protect his family. That's not this girl's responsibility. Um, But also, she's not innocent. I think at the end of the day, a clout chaser met a Hollywood A-lister who has never been told no. And that's where we are now. And even like, okay, after this video came out, I went to her Instagram page and she was like, Check out my Costa Rica content. Like, no, not going to do it. Not going to do it. Sumner. In fact, on Instagram, one of her friends, Molly, commented like Victoria's Secret who a week ago. So I don't know. There's some shady stuff about this. This is very shady. But one thing that we can all agree on, Adam Levine, the shadiest of them all. Okay. Let's move on to headline number two. And we're just going to talk about after the altar in general because it's a scam. I have been frauded by Love is Blind and After the Altar. Three hours of my life that I will never get back. People be mad. People meaning me at Netflix's Love is Blind because After the Altar sucked. The two married couples, Jarrett and Ayana, and Danielle and Nick, were both married on the show and now they are not. My thoughts on Jared and Ayana. at least they were honest, right? They're like, Jarrett goes out too much, man. He's security at the club. And afterwards, he's just ripping shots. And I need my husband to come home a little sooner than five o'clock in the morning. They try to work through it. Ayana, she's like, I'm moving out. I can't do it anymore. They decide that she's moving back in. We're going to give it another try, but... It didn't work out. At least we can put the pieces of the puzzle together. And we're like, okay, obviously this just, it is what it is. It's not going to happen. But then you get Danielle and Nick who are like, we're going to throw the best 80s party ever. And we're going to live in love is blind infamy for, for the mullet that I'm about to wear the cutoff jeans, the blow up air guitar. We're going to break tables. And then they're like, "Mm, never mind, We're just, we're done. And I'm annoyed. And I don't know if it's because I'm super naive. And I was like, I saw no red flags. And people were like, Morgan, he said he had his own refrigerator. And I'm like, so what? Maybe he's got a man cave in the basement. And Danielle doesn't want his tuna fish stinking up the whole upstairs kitchen. You ever thought about that? And they're like, no, girl, there were red flags everywhere. I just can't see him. I just can't see him. And then you had Kyle and Deep Deep who got together on the show. Guess what? Broken up. They're broken up now. What is the point of this? What is the point of this? Kyle even said on his Instagram, he's seeing somebody else who we don't know. Don't know her. Never seen her. Shake was not there at all, but I did see, and this is interesting. Now, looking back out, hindsight is 2020. Shake did an interview. I don't know who it was with. I saw it on TikTok where he's like, deep and Kyle. The, the fake relationship between the two of them is 100% for clout. This whole back and forth. They lo- They want to keep people guessing. They want people to talk about them. And it's fraudulent. Was he right? Uh, now he's got me thinking that he might be right. Then we have Natalie versus Shane versus Shayna. Honestly, I cannot... With these three out of the whole entire thing, these three annoy me the most. And I can't—I honestly can't even tell you why. Shana drives me crazy. You know, got to be the loudest person in the room. I just I don't vibe with people like that. Therefore, I don't vibe with Shayna. Shane, I kind of feel bad for. He reminds me like of a golden retriever, you know, but like like a newborn golden retriever. Because I just feel like he doesn't know where he is half the time. And then Natalie, I just feel like she's a a sweet soul, but people are questioning her intentions. I don't know. We haven't seen the messages. We haven't seen the DMs. I don't care. Truly. And then we have Sal and Mallory and Jesse. And the thing of it is, coming out of After the Altar, the one couple that we have living harmonious in life is um, Sal and and Jesse. And in order to keep it love and light, I'm not going to give my opinions on Sal and Jesse. Okay, moving on to our third and final headline in this week's pop three: more cheaters. Tyler Staniland and Brittany Snow split, and then he was seen with Alex Hall. Okay, so of course, immediately after recording last week's podcast episode, Tyler Staniland of Selling the OC announced he and his wife of two years, actress Brittany Snow. We're separating. Same day, same day he was seen out with Alex Hall. He was sniffing, or she was sniffing his arm. Armsies, sniffsies. I worked it out. This is how it works when it comes to running the bases with Alex Hall and Tyler Staneland. So a nosy is first base. An armsy is second base. If you get an earsy. That's third base. And you know what that's leading to? A home run. And I don't need to spell that one out for you. So a source exclusively told Page Six that the Selling the OC star was seen acting really happy on the same day that he and Brittany Snow confirmed their split to the public. The insider says, in fact, the rising reality star appeared concerned at the time with whether or not his new Netflix show would be getting a second season. Remember, I told you they haven't been renewed yet. The source says it seems like he wanted fame like snow. A separate source says that Tyler was at a bar called Wild Goose two weekends ago where he was spotted hitting on girls the whole night, although somebody else says that Tyler was just talking to a group of fans that approached him that night. And of course, we've all seen the pictures of him hanging out with Alex, and there has been reports of him hanging out with Polly and Alex. What if Tyler pulled an Adam Levine on Kayla? Look, they are separated right now. And the way that Tyler reacted to the whole Kayla trying to kiss him thing, he was so calm, cool, collected about it, And he was like, oh, yeah, she actually tried to kiss me like 18 times. And nobody cared. Nobody batted an eye. Well, Tyler didn't care. So what if he's like in Kayla's ear being like, Mm, you know, it's just not going well. Brittany doesn't want me to be famous. I want to be famous. I want to be on selling the OC. So like, we're probably not going to be together for much longer. It is not out of the realm of possibilities. And what if Alex and Polly were really just jealous that Kayla was sneaking up on their joint mans? I love a conspiracy. My prediction is that season two will be picked up. How can they not pick it up right now? The Jarvis twins. I know that the, their last name's not Jarvis. The two Alex's Jarvis and Rose. Oh, they're going to have a field day with this one. They're gonna be like, oh, yeah, really? You're worried about how we sell our homes. Really? And then Kayla will join and be one of their minions. And be like, yeah, you guys suck yeah, hypocrites. And then Polly and Alex are going to have a falling out over Tyler because they both want to be with them. And, you know, they're both like, well, we're best friends and we flirt. And they're like, well, no, we're best friends and we flirt. So we're meant to be together We're soulmates. And they're just going to go back and forth. I think he ends up with Alex Hall. And I think them being official, Alex and Tyler, is the way season two is going to end, just like it did with shell and Jason. And it's going to lead into season three. Somebody hire me in the writer's room, okay? Y'all need Morgie in the writer's room. Okay, deep dive time. Every single week on my Instagram, I open up the floodgates to you. What do you want to know more about? I don't have any audio today because I was holding out hope that this bachelorette finale would be explosive enough for us to do a deep dive on. And I was right because I always am. So, we're going to get into it the Tino, the Rachel, the Gabby, the Eric, the Zach, the Avon of it all with my friends from the She's All Batch podcast, Stephanie and Jackie. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to the pod. Hi. Having us back. Yeah, thank you. You We're excited. It's a big day. It is a big day. And you guys should know that you two are my first ever returning guests. (gasps) And. This is my, my podcast birthday episode. MPT has been one year today, this episode. So oh, thank wow. you guys. Oh, wow. What an honor.
1: Yeah. So thank you guys for coming accolades. on. Yeah, thank you. We need like a cake. I feel <laughs> like i I
0: know, right? I thought about uh, – ordering amazon uh party hats but the week got away from me and it just wasn't on the top of priorities
1: oh well congratulations and thank you for having me thank you
0: and congratulations on all you guys are doing your podcast is just exploding and we'll get into all of that at the end before you guys go but we have so much to discuss um and we're just gonna jump right in we start with tino and rachel getting engaged um what are your guys' thoughts on the proposal i thought he seemed very robotic in that proposal it was very
1: odd yeah i felt like he was reading a greeting card i didn't feel genuine
2: i felt the same way and i think something that was really telling for me was when right before the proposal when rachel went to his hotel room to kind of be like it's you you're the only one left i just felt like his response was was nothingness it was just like a deadpan like Yay! Great. I don't know what was exactly going through his mind at that time, but I, I was already like, oh, I don't think this is going to go well.
1: It's like that Greg Grippo meme when he got the one-on-one date, and he's just like, like really <laughs> upset about it. That was yeah. like, you know,
0: yeah. But it's confusing because, like, you know, he seems so pedal to the metal the whole entire time, like really wow. for lack of a better word, wanted to win. So mm-hmm. I know that people, you know, said they saw a lot of red flags in Tino, but I, I always thought at least that he, he really did want to get engaged, but it was, it was just very off-putting. It was, it was weird.
2: I think you're right in saying that he wanted to win. I, and I don't, that's why I think he was so kind of shooken up about the fact that he could potentially get engaged. Cause I think for a lot of it, he was just kind of telling Rachel what she wanted to hear in order to progress. Like, I think a big red flag for me was when right after hometowns, Rachel keeps saying to him like, Hey, we need to talk about your family. Like they hate me. How are we going to work through this? And he's like, don't worry about it, babe. It's going to be fine. They're going to love you. Like he wasn't Mm -hmm. willing to really have those legitimate conversations that you need to have before getting engaged. It just felt very much like, say what needs to be said to progress to get as much screen time as possible i don't know he was a fan of the show prior so just the way he was acting kind of always led me to believe that something was like not clicking
1: and it's never good news when the engagement proposal happens within the first 10 minutes of the three hour <laughs> yeah i know. know something's gonna go down <laughs> and when they were like here you go here's an engagement and we're like mm, not so fast <laughs> Yeah. So
0: then obviously we get into all the background of, of what they've kind of been going through the past six months, although we didn't really get any background. I think that's the most frustrating thing as a viewer is like, you know, they're they're saying we hit a lot of bumps early in, you know, a, a lot of bumps along the road early in the process. And and it had nothing to do with the relationship, but then it strained the relationship.
2: And it's like, what was I the only person so lost? No, you were definitely not the only person so lost. That was my biggest issue with the whole situation is it just felt like there was a big piece missing there. Like Mm -hmm. even the fact that they weren't really getting into it. Rachel wasn't getting into it when she was kind of explaining or doing her little voiceover. But then to find out when they were sitting on the couch that they had edited out parts of their conversation in the safe house that alluded to these discrepancies that they they didn't want out there it really just felt like a huge chunk of the story was missing. So it's hard for me to like have a strong opinion on how it all kind of got so messy because there is a piece there that we don't know. We don't know all the the situation leading up to the cheating, which obviously cheating is never okay. And the cheating Mm -hmm. is bad and turning it on Rachel also bad, but there's, there's a piece missing here that we don't get to know.
1: I don't even know if knowing that piece of information is needed, though, because it's not like they would agree on whatever that piece of information was, like, you have her side, and Tino would have his side, and we would still not know. So I feel like probably they edited it out, because they're like, it's for the best. They they can't decide on it anyway. So let's just leave it at that. But yeah, that was, that was just two people that have no clue how to communicate together, Mm -hmm. trying to communicate. And they are both just on completely different pages. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's something I even have later in my notes when it's like at the end of the day, I think this whole argument boils down to the fact that they don't know how to communicate with each other. And it's mm-hmm. very interesting when you see, you know, Tino and Rachel in their communication struggles. And then you see Gabby and Eric and yeah. how they're kind of able to not thrive during hard times but you can just tell the communication between the two different couples is so vastly different and that's why we had two totally completely different outcomes Mm -hmm.
2: totally I totally agree I was saying this to Stephanie earlier it seems like Gabby doesn't ever want to fight like she always wants to communicate and like get through things and I Mm -hmm. feel like this whole time she's been like showed a lot of great emotional intelligence so yeah I totally agree
0: Yeah. So then we get the confrontation where, uh, Tino brings, brings his notebook, brings his, I I honestly, I have to applaud the dedication. Like if you're bringing the notebook, you know, (laughs) you're getting ready to have the conversation. And I mean, as a viewer, the toxic in me loves these kinds of moments where it's like, you know, six months later, they're in the safe house, you know, they're not in Mexico anymore. And you know, something's just about to hit the fan. Um, And he starts reading things from his journal that allegedly he thought Rachel said or maybe Rachel did say it or whatever, specifically about giving the ring back. And I think this conversation is where things start to go awry for Tino because the language that he uses um, is almost offensive towards Rachel when describing what's going on. Right. He's saying it was tiny. I'm trying to Mm -hmm. enlighten you. And it's like, no, you, you don't have you know, you can't make that decision on whether or not it was tiny. Um, Mm -hmm. because to you, I, I do understand what he's trying to say, right? He's trying to say to me, like it was such a stupid, insignificant mistake. I don't have feelings for this woman. I don't want to be with her, but to Rachel, it's not tiny. And I think that's just another example of what we were saying that their communication style is just so bad. Um, what did you think of him storming in and out though?
1: we talked about this in our recap as well. And I'm just like, that was probably one of the best parts of the finale because it was so messy. We don't know who he's calling. We don't know why he's taking his shirt off. Although we have some, some guesses as to what that could be about. It just, just what a way to handle it. I feel like he should have gotten a little more direction prior to going about all that. I don't know.
2: Yeah. I mean, it almost seems like, I mean, he clearly did not expect these conversations to go that way for the reason that he's stepping out constantly and talking to his producer and stuff. But I think it just keeps going back to, like, these are two people that clearly don't know how to communicate and have a conversation about these things. Because every chance he got, it was like, whoa, let me take a step back and let Mm -hmm. me go talk to my producer and touch base and regroup and cover my microphone. And, yeah, it just keeps... To me, it just fundamentally keeps going back to their communication. Yeah. You have to keep getting up every single time. I feel like he was trying
1: to explain to her why he did the things he did, but it was coming off to Rachel and America that by explaining why you're defending your actions. Mm -hmm. So while Mm -hmm. he was just trying to say, these are the reasons why I did the what I did, it came off like the reasons why I did the, what I did is because of you saying X, Y, Z. And it just didn't it was not executed properly and then even when yeah. he tried to like retell it on the after special he did it again so i feel like he doesn't really understand that his communication style is not working
2: he needs one eye messages like i felt that i was in the relationship and like not always putting it on rachel you know
0: yeah why do you guys think that he was ripping off his shirt you think he was trying to get his microphone
2: off that was my theory because the first time he stepped out to talk to a producer, he was like, Oh, where is it? Where is it? And then you see him go to cover his mic, thinking that they're not going to get his audio some other way. So mm-hmm. then the second time, we don't really see that back and forth. But yeah, his shirt is off and he's like on the phone calling someone. So that was my theory. But we also thought it could just be hot and he was very stressed <laughs> out. Like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, he was sweating quite a bit. So we think maybe <laughs> he was just trying to get some airflow into there but it just was such a bizarre thing. Like he goes out to make a phone call and he's like undressing. Right.
0: What (laughs) are we doing? Oh my gosh, I know. Um, one, One part that I really didn't like, and you guys might disagree with me here. I felt like, Okay, this is going to be bad. I've talked a lot on the podcast about how I feel like Rachel really, really cares about the title of The Bachelorette, and a lot of the decisions that she made this season was to kind of fulfill what she thinks the role of The Bachelorette should be. Mm-hmm. I felt watching that moment where she gave the ring back to be like a total like move. You know what I mean? Like How camera Like the cameras here... We're in this huge fight. You cheated on me. I'm going to do this to you right now so that we have it on camera. on camera. Because I'm
1: fulfilling this role. Right.
2: Yeah. I see that. I could see that too. I I felt that a lot of those similar feelings like during the way she handled all the fantasy suites a few weeks ago where like she kind of knew it, it wasn't going to be Zach. but And instead of like calling it off, with him went through with the fantasy suite and like faked it. And Zach could Mm -hmm. kind of sense that something was up. And so I just kind of felt like we've seen times previously where it kind of felt like she was going through the motions because she knew she had to finish the show. So yeah, I could see that. So let's get to after the final rose, because we kind of
0: rehashed the same conversation that they had. Mm -hmm. I felt like we watched the same conversation two different times in two different
1: locations. Yeah, we did. And he's like, I'm sorry that it came off. Like I was trying to blame you. And she's like, came off like it did not come off you were right. trying to blame me like he clearly learned nothing from the original conversation
2: and they got back into like these discrepancies or these like reasons of mm-hmm. why they were in such a bad place when the cheating occurred and I just it was driving me crazy I'm like I need to have I need Tino in one room and I need Rachel in another room and I need them both to tell me their side of the story mm-hmm. about said discrepancies because it just drives me crazy when I feel like we don't have the whole picture
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, just trying to play devil's advocate, obviously, I think we can all agree that uh, Tino could have communicated a lot better. Um, But but at the end of the day, he was communicating the way that he was communicating. And when she's asking why, 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 why? And he's telling you, but you don't like the way that he's telling you like it's it's just you got to at least let him get it out and if that's his why then fine at least you have the answer but to me you can't you can't ask the question and then just because you don't like the answer pretend like he didn't answer it do you get what i'm saying like yeah. i think it would have been mm-hmm. different if he said This is totally my fault. A hundred percent. There's no denying that I made a bad decision because I was in a bad headspace because I assumed that our relationship was going this direction because of the conversations that we were having. I made an impulsive and stupid decision because I got in my head and and kind of self-sabotaged, you know, Mm -hmm. but he he didn't say that. He said, you know, because you said you were giving the ring back. I did this. You think yeah. the conversation would have gone differently? Gone differently if he would have maybe just worded things differently?
1: You totally coaching him on the side. Like.
2: <laughs> I know. Well, it goes back to the I messages, right? Like, there's a big difference between saying like I cheated because you said X, Y, Z versus I cheated because I felt a certain way because of the things that you had said. And I think had he approached it that way, as soon as you start accusing someone of something and saying it's because of you people just go automatically go on the defensive so i think at Mm -hmm. that point like as soon as he started doing that like the the conversation's not going to go anywhere and rachel's not going to hear you because she just jumped to a defensive and and wasn't willing to hear him and i think that just goes back to like an emotional intelligence that you have to kind of understand when you are trying to share with someone something that they did to make you feel a certain way going first to like you did this is not always going to get the best response because people get defensive naturally Mm -hmm.
1: And do we think he just kissed someone who's just kissing nowadays?
2: Well, and also, too, the the way he kind of explained this girl, it was like we had nothing because the show was coming up and I didn't want to muddy the water. So it's like so nothing happened. It's like, okay, well, so did you date this girl prior? Did you guys, like, just exchange texts and, like, not go on a date? Or did you go on a date but nothing physical happened? The understanding of, like, what this was, yes, very murky.
0: Yeah, very, very murky. And obviously, we didn't get a lot of details about that either. Um, It it just they left it so gray that it's so hard to formulate an actual opinion on it. I know. One thing that I that also kind of annoyed me, and I promise you that I'm I'm I it might seem like I'm team Tino, but I'm really not in this situation. Um, But she kept saying, I want you to say sorry. But he said sorry a lot. (laughs) But it Ooh. but it didn't feel genuine in his way mm-hmm. that he said sorry. And and so it's one of those things, again, where I just don't think I think he was scared shitless. Honestly, oh, yeah. I he, you could tell that he just thought he was about to get crucified by America and potentially yeah. Rachel. And, and I I felt like he kind of shut down.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think his apologies, along with like the way he kind of was trying to diminish it like saying oh it was just this quick little little thing Mm -hmm. it kind of goes to show you're maybe not sorry because you're not really understanding the gravity of like how the other person feels about it right right so
1: yeah I mean I think he was also just really overwhelmed with the fact that like his tiny mistake is resulting in such big consequences that Mm -hmm. all of America's watching too so I think there's a lot going on in his head while that's all playing out so he's just like it's not coming out the right way, but I feel like he's very much in his head. And I don't think what ABC did to him, which I'm sure we'll get to, but like, I don't think that was necessary either. Yeah. I mean, let's just
0: go ahead and get right into it. The Aven thing. I hated it. I thought it was totally set up. I thought it was very clear that they wanted to recreate the Hannah Brown situation, Mm -hmm. but actually have it work. Um, And it just felt kind of unnecessary. And I hate how they're like, we have someone here who's demanding to talk. No, you called Aven producers mm-hmm. and you said if you have Aven, if you have a chance to shoot your shot with Rachel and after the final
1: roast, do you want to come out here and do it? And he was probably like, "Yeah," he's like, "Yeah, I come out looking amazing. So <laughs> right. I walk out on stage and being the hero of the episode." But like, if they really wanted them to have that redemption moment, why not have Tino leave and then say, "Rachel, we have a surprise for you," and have Aven come out and sit on the couch? Maybe they could even kiss. We could all cheer for them. Like, there there could have been more than him just standing there. The fact that there wasn't even a space for Avin to sit. So he's like, let's get out of here. And then Rachel leaves. And then mm-hmm. Jesse and Tino are just standing there like, what are we supposed to do now? Just really bizarre.
2: Yeah, I just can't imagine how he, how he must have felt in that moment. Because also everyone's cheering, too, for something mm-hmm. that's, like, not about you. And he's just standing there with, with nowhere to go. It looked like he was trying to say something, too. I don't know if he was trying to maybe have a final word there or my hope was like, oh, are you going to share more about the discrepancies? Like, please let the mm-hmm. man speak. Um, but, yeah, no, the whole thing, it felt like a pile on after what was obviously like a really difficult time for him and it just felt unnecessary I think you can have that win for Rachel at the end there take Tino off stage get him a glass of water like yeah it doesn't have to we don't (laughs) have to like rub it in here Yeah. yeah I saw him I saw him keep
0: leaning over to Jesse saying can I go Can I go like he was trying to leave off the stage and Jesse wasn't even acknowledging him at all. So
1: why TV shut up?
0: (laughs) I know. Literally. Uh, Well, I think Tino's just going to be laying low for a while. Hopefully his dad on Facebook lays low for a while, too. And to get not. I'm
1: checking my guys Facebook like a hawk. And I'm waiting (laughs) for the next post. He has not posted. I think he finally learned what privacy settings are, which is unfortunate. (laughs) <laughs> well,
0: we get to Gabby and Eric, and I th- i also thought it was going to be a huge dumpster fire, but they surprised us, and they, they were all good. I mean, were you surprised by that, considering all the
2: things that have happened with Eric in the past two weeks? I was, but watching it, I wasn't, because there were so many times that they, like— lazily kind of spoiled it like oh, when yeah. Rachel was talking to Gabby before Tino came in Gabby has her engagement ring on so it's like okay so we know they're um engaged at that point and then when Jesse was announcing Eric coming in he's like and Gabby's fiance Eric it's like oh okay so clearly they've worked through th- these things and they're fine so there were little lazy moments like that where leading up to them sitting down together and addressing these things I was like oh Seems like they've actually worked through this, so in the moment I wasn't actually surprised.
1: And Gabby watching back their footage, she's like beaming, beaming. Yeah, okay, (laughs) clearly they're on fine terms.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean they addressed uh the text messages that were sent to uh, I mean do do you call her an ex? Maybe maybe it was just somebody that Eric was saying for me. Uh, the the worst text was the one that he sent
2: her after he got back from filming yeah, yeah, and they, that's what I said too. I totally agree. And they Go didn't ahead.
0: they didn't address that, which I thought if they were going to address any text and if you guys don't know what happened was after Eric and Gabby got engaged and filming was done Uh, Eric then sent a text to this Amanda girl and said, um, I think about you all the time,
2: which is like super bizarre. Yeah, that's that to me was the worst text. I totally agree. Um, And we didn't really get an explanation for that. We just kind of got it. Jesse, I think, kind of softballed them the questions because they wanted them to emerge like a happy couple at the end of this. So I I was disappointed. I still have questions, obviously. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, and I think he did a good job at minimizing the relationship, like I would call her an ex based on what I've read and seen about it. Mm-hmm. He very much downplayed what the relationship was. But if you actually read through and see what her side is, they were, they were at least dating. I mean, he yeah. didn't even want to break up with her to go on the show. She they the reason why he was a single man going on to the show was because of her because she wanted mm-hmm. to end She didn't want to date someone that was going on a dating show. True. So I think that's like something that we're just kind of glossing over. And I think that's a big factor. And I brought this up to Jackie this morning, but uh, Gabby reminds everyone that Eric wanted a first impression rose from Gabby or Rachel. He just wanted to stay on the show by any means possible. And I forgot about that. And I think now knowing that he went on the show with the motives that he did paired with for the first night, he wanted the per- first impression rose from anyone. I think that's very telling. He was that is, in like with the yeah. strategy.
0: Yeah. And I mean, do you think that we just have gotten to the point in the franchise where at, at the end of the day, everybody actually is there just to promote themselves. And if they find lo- like the love is the aftermath of it all.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think two things can be true at the same time. I think you can go on a TV show and know the opportunities that could potentially come with that and be like. Yeah, shoot, let's let's try it out and see where this can because it, it'll totally change your life regardless of what happens with the romantic aspects. But then I think you can also get on the show and be pleasantly surprised and actually end up really liking who the lead is and end out with a good relationship. So, yeah, I mean, let's not pretend that all these like 23 year olds are like, <laughs> this is how I find my soulmate reality right. television like that is just not the world we live in. Yeah. Right. Are
0: you guys surprised that they did not address the blackface yeah,
2: from I'm Eric?
1: Surprised, honestly. Well, yeah, it's like am I surprised? Right, right. No, I am I disappointed? Yeah, but I'm not surprised. Yeah,
2: it's unfortunate. <laughs> but, yeah, um,
0: and I, I'm trying yeah. to think of of like reasons why they wouldn't. Um, and the only thing that I can come up with is that um, maybe maybe they didn't want Gabby to have to answer for Eric, but at the same time, why can't Eric have his own personal hot seat? Because even when I saw, um, you know, like the, the people exclusives that they're doing and stuff, they asked Gabby about that situation. And Mm -hmm. it's like, why is Gabby having to answer for stuff that Eric does? I mean, obviously, you have to tell her side of the story when she's like, this is how we got through it. This is what I felt. This is how I handled it. But that is the only thing I can think of ABC trying to weasel their way out of it would be to be like, oh, well, we don't want to do that to Gabby.
1: You know what I mean? I think at the end of the day, they're trying to protect certain people. And if they think it's going to draw more attention to something that's negative, that, you know, the whole audience watching may not know about that and by airing it out on tv now everyone knows so i think Mm -hmm. they're trying to protect him he's the one that's engaged to their lead and i don't know i feel like it was a little strategic Mm -hmm.
2: yeah i totally agree it's disappointing that they didn't address it because i know we all want to hear an explanation and i know a lot of fans were voicing the same thing online this morning so it's disappointing, but I'm not surprised given this franchise's track record. Yeah, me
0: neither. Uh, before we wrap things up, thoughts on Zach being announced as the next Bachelor,
1: <laughs> Stephanie? <laughs> I'm like so mad. I, I just think like I thought we were going to really shake it up here and give us someone to be really excited for, and I could not be less excited for any lead ever. In history, Less than watch- Clayton. I was about to say, what about yeah. Clayton? <laughs> yeah, honestly, in history of watching the show, like Zach doesn't do it for me. I'm sure he's a fine gentleman, but I just do not think he should be leading the show. And I think my theory is they don't care because at the end of the day, all the focus is going to be on the drama that the girls bring. So mm-hmm. the Bachelor could be anyone, but I just feel like it could have been anyone besides Zach, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, yeah, I i question their thought process because while i agree with what stephanie said about you know at the end of the day i think the contestants really make or break a season it doesn't really matter who the bachelor is we're going to focus on the drama that ensues and if you have an agreeable bachelor who is there for the right reasons and is believing in this process to kind of go along with it cool i just worry i'm like why would you pick someone like this that people don't really seem to be that excited about because In order to have a good show you need to get people in the door and it's like we we're gonna watch it regardless and we know that probably by the end we will be really invested and there will be a lot of drama but like the ratings are going down and i think you need to get people excited for that episode one to yeah come and try it out and then get invested in these people so that to me, I'm just is like such a missed opportunity. I don't know. I think people a lot of people won't tune in, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: I think the the choice of leads, they have lost all their star power. You know, when when they used to announce leads, I mean people used to lose their minds. But ever since Peter and you know mm-hmm. Matt James, Clayton, now Zach, it's like I, we didn't even know who Matt James was, besides the fact that he had a TikTok with Tyler's Tyler friend. Camera. Like yeah. that's the only reason why they even casted him. And so I just feel like long gone are the days where we really are even excited about the lead. And it's sad. It's sad. When they announced Nick,
1: nice. I was I remember learning of the news and I was dancing around my kitchen like so excited. I mean Nick is Nick. It's I'm not like a <laughs> hard Nick fan, but for the lead at that time that was a great dynamic choice and I feel like Mm -hmm. they just totally they just totally missed it with this one
2: yeah they're really missed. I wish they would branch out to people outside the immediate franchise like at one point people were kind of suggest I don't know if you watched love is blind I'm sure you Mm -hmm. did but um people were like oh deep d should be the bachelorette after everything that went down with shake and all of that stuff and I think they need to like listen to that like could you imagine love is blind was so popular all of the people that were on that show got such larger social followings than most of the people on the bachelor now we're seeing like things kind of shift Mm -hmm. so like listen to that like clearly this is a person from a dating reality show that everybody loves like put deep i think deep d would have been a great bachelor or like someone else they need to go outside their regular pool because like this is not working
0: it's not working, and we are just on a merry-go-round of doom in the Bachelor franchise. But you know, we'll all be glued to our TVs next Tuesday when Paradise comes back. Yeah, right? It it's is. like we're
2: so unhappy, but here I am every single Monday <laughs> they night watching Give this. us a break,
1: though. I'm so tired. I know. <laughs>
0: I know, especially after a three-hour finale that did not need to be three hours. No. Two hours would have been perfectly fine, and even that would have been a little bit too long.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Zach does it well, need the full hour to
0: fill up the last cycle. I didn't even watch it. I honestly <laughs> just
2: fast yeah, That was insane it. to me. I started answering emails on my computer. I'm like, <laughs> I, why? Why is this still going on? Just a whole other hour of like commercials that they can sell. Yeah. Yep.
0: Well, Stephanie, Jackie, thank you so much for joining my birthday episode. You guys are absolutely Ooh. crushing it. I love to see it. Can you please tell all of my MPT listeners where they can
1: find your podcast and on social media? Yeah, you can find She's All Batch across all, anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can follow me at She's All Batch on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. And you could follow Jackie at Jackie Maroney underscore on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Yeah, yeah. All, the, all the places. All the things, yeah. So all the us. things. We have a really, really vulnerable interview with Chris Randone from the franchise. Oh my gosh, like, amazing. On like mental health and how the franchise impacts that. So Mm -hmm. definitely go tune in if you're interested in hearing what he has to say. He has a lot of stuff to share. It's really heavy. That's
0: awesome. I mean, it's not awesome, you know, considering what he's going through, but it's a great interview for
2: you guys to get. And I look forward to hearing it. Yeah. Yeah. And time-wise, I think it worked out really well. We didn't plan it this way, but just given everything that's been going on, the conversations around Tino and and his mm -hmm. mental health and hoping that he has the support he needs to get through this – I just think it's really important to to hear a contestant's side of you know mm-hmm. the, the impacts because these are real people with real emotions. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, well, love you guys.
1: Come love back you. soon. Thank you, and you have to come back on ours as well. Thank you. Please. Anytime, yes, anytime. Right. Bye, Morgan. Happy right. birthday. Woo! <laughs> Thank bye. you guys. Bye, bye. Thank
0: you guys again for hanging out with me on my birthday episode of MPT. I know that we normally have a third segment, but I don't feel good. And I am uh, mentally spent. Like I literally couldn't look at my computer any longer because it feels like somebody punched both my eyes at the same time. And I also can't breathe. So I hope you loved it. I hope you live, laugh, loved. I hope you continue to do that throughout the weekend. We look forward to another year of great MPTs. And I hope that at some point, in the next year, we will get Andrea to show us his abs again. That's my goal for this next year of MPT. If you love the pod, please share it with a pop culture loving friend. Give us a little review, a five-star rating, a love you like a sis, because you know I do. We'll see you next time. Bye. A Media Production.